everyone. Welcome you to a New Beginnings live stream this morning. So we're glad each one that is tuned in, and we're glad for our one uh, in the congregation this morning. <laughs> At least I have somebody to talk to. <laughs> uh, let's open our Bibles this morning to Psalms 91. I like this uh, scripture. It's uh, been one of my favorites uh, for many years, um, and I hope you enjoy it this morning. We'll read it this morning. So uh, hopefully... If everything goes as planned, um, they say they're going to open us, open everything back up. Uh, I think Saturday or Sunday this coming. I think for Missouri. So hopefully we can I'll let Brother Earl let us know for sure. But I think we may have service next Sunday. Not sure what capacity, but uh, we're looking forward to that. Amen. So, do I believe everything that the news media tells me? Uh, no. I don't. Uh, what's funny is they get caught lying, and they retract it, and they adjust it, and they do all that. But it's funny, they never do that until they get caught. So uh, you wonder how many more times they've lied to you and they hadn't been caught. But uh, anyway, uh, it's nice to be in the shelter of Jesus Christ, His presence. And if we look to His presence, I believe that uh, all of our fears, the Bible tells us over and over, do not fear. Do not fear. This morning, let's read the Psalms 91. And if you have your Bibles and want to follow along with us, that would be awesome. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Nowhere does the Bible tell us to trust in your government, does it? Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation." There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. Brother Randy. I've got so much to thank him for. Well, I've got so much to
thank you for all that is gathered together via live stream. Amen. Prayerfully and hopefully this should be the last week in this phase of the quarantine to come to an end. We haven't got official word from the government yet, but unless they tell us no, that we can't next week, we will be open for services. I think we've given them the 30 days. That's long enough. So I think we'll continue having church and see what the outcome would be. So everyone that would has enough grace and faith to come, let them come. Amen. The Spirit and the bride say, come, let them come. I've been told, well, I said, boy, after this, the church will be full. Well, in every move that I've seen, anytime that you have an interruption, it's all geared to basically filter out. Be surprised how many actually works their way back into church and restores that ritual again. The church will slowly empty. So that's what you're looking at in this time because how do you know that? Well, the Scripture tells us. It's not against the people. It's just the Word will be fulfilled. And that is the outcome of the process that we're in until we're completely shut down. I've said many times through the years that we're only one weekend away from church being over, period. And we see how quickly that can come about. So, uh, so as far as those that are in the area, we'd like for you to come be with us next Sunday. If, uh, if that's your desire to do it, we will be open as far as we know at this minute. If not, we will let everybody know. I'd like to thank all those live streaming, those that have basically sent tithes and offerings in through the mail. That's not the ideal way to do it, but we appreciate that. And ask God to bless you for it. And we thank you for it. Uh, this morning I want to look at, this is number 14 of the kingdom, number 14. And we're uh, going to look, actually this is a good time and setting to preach this. Because only a few of, them have, few of you have to endure uh, what we call teaching, which is mostly dull and boring. So uh, this is good for a small congregation and people can listen at home if they would like. Why the squeeze and how it will take place. When I came into the message almost, what, 40-something years ago, this subject, the mark of the beast, uh, Revelation chapter 17, the great whore and harlots, all those teachings was basically uh, what the message was all about. And uh, this is what we call uh, a repeat of understanding that had been taught 30 or 40 years ago that we said was coming and is now approaching. It is here at us at hand. We have seen the prophet's ministry, which we have preached that through the years. And we understand by history that Brother Branham left the scene. And what has come on is a season of teaching the Word of God, especially who we are and what we are in Christ. Those two elements, Brother Branham said, must be essential for the bride to come forth and manifest the third pull which we understand is the spoken Word of God. So we have gone through our teaching, a season of teaching, and I believe that season is over. It is coming to a close, and basically those that uh, have received the revelation are ready for the next step. So every ministry, we've seen this now for the last 35 years that we looked through, every minister had to make a choice. I made my choice of what they will teach and what 
uh, they will minister uh, to create the proper uh, attitude between what to believe and how to live. So we find the message that divided into basically two schools of thought. One, some of us have went into a complete teaching ministry for the last 25 years. Others have migrated to conduct, and that's what they major on how to live for the last 25 years. There's four basic methods of teaching, and the prophet brought out each one, and we can spend time on that. But he said, what to believe means you speak the truth and know what to believe. You have to prove it, why to believe it. The application of it is what to do as a result of it. And how to implement that is how to live it out. So when teachers overemphasize what to believe, and I've been guilty of that for the last 20 years maybe, to the exclusion of how to live, they are thought to be dull and boring. Well, he's just teaching the Word. We had people come and say, well, you're a teacher, we want preaching. In other words, they want the excitement, they want the conduct, they want the emotion, they want the altar calls and things like that, which is good. But I say to those who overemphasize how to live over what to believe, leaves the rest of us wondering, why should I do those things? It creates questions in the mind, why do I do it? So when you hear nine sermons out of ten on conduct or uh, what to, over what to believe or doctrine, it creates an unbalanced congregation creates a legalistic uh, conduct group of people which is nice as far as living but they are out of balance because they do not know what to believe and when a crisis comes they have no foundation of the scriptures to basically give them the answer to meet the problem of the hour we have a crisis that has come upon us it is only a stepping stone it is only a um an earnest. It's only a down payment. It's only an alarm to let us know that we're moving into a season. Now we know that what brings on the squeeze or what we call the mark of the beast will be the American deficit. Brother Brown taught that way back in the 50s. He told you about the money going on and on and on which we've looked at and now forgot. So what will bring on the squeeze and what will bring on the mark of the beast and the rapture is basically the American deficit which we see that undertaking now but this step that you're looking at squeezing and all the rights and whatever more is only just a little shadow of what will happen once the economy pushes the church world into a position of power of which we are coming now there must be a balance I've always stressed basically if I do not teach you doctrine we will not be ready to meet this hour that we're in so Brother Bram said, you cannot teach Pentecostals doctrine. And we have found that to be true, even in our own ranks. I honestly believe that both the wise and foolish version sits among this message under what they call the message of the hour. For I see no other group that is water, has water baptism correctly. They have a um, slight difference in the understanding of Godhead, which keeps that election line drawn there. But they live a sanctified life, which the foolish virgins are sanctified people walking in the light up to the revelation that was revealed under the seventh seal to basically put the blade down to separate the elect group from the non-elect or those that will go through to faith to faith and those that will not. So the purpose of doctrine, I've always stressed this, is not a barricade to people inside the truth. People think that we're barricading people in God sent a prophet. You've got to believe this. You've got to believe that. Or what we call the non-negotiables of the Scripture. Uh, 
Doctrine is not to put people in a prison or barricade them like being in a prison. You can't go outside this truth. But it's basically put in us to set us free that we can walk among the world and know where we're at in Christ. John 8, 31, 32 said, basically, if you hold to my teachings or if you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I always said, free from what? And the whole study of the Bible is basically the conflict between truth and error. It starts in the garden, goes all the way to the end. It's Satan's kingdom, God's kingdom, two kingdoms at war. It started in heaven, come down into the garden. Now it's worked its way out through two vines, two races of people all the way to the end. And now we're approaching the end climax of that process to enter into the kingdom or the millennial reign. Doctrine is to free people from Satan's era of the word. And the prophet stressed that one word off actually put us in this system for 6,000 years. One word caused this uh, process of the fall of man and the restoration of man into process. So doctrine is not to bind people, but to make them free. When you're free from error of the mind and you know it, then you are not bound by circumstances or the Satan's lies. Therefore, you will not be forced into that which deceives the whole world and causes all on the earth to worship the beast and fall under that mark, which we know is denominationalism. Our beliefs are what motivates our behavior. The prophet tied them both together, and people, like I said, they majored on behavior more than belief. But what you believe will absolutely control your behavior. People say, well, I don't believe in this, but they do it. Well, they don't believe it then. What you believe and absolutely give confession to or confess. This is what I believe. When you put your belief in your mouth, then you're forced to either be a hypocrite or basically to behave according to how you set your standard forward. I don't believe in going to the bars. If you don't believe that, you won't go to the bars. We don't believe this. Well, you don't do that. So in other words, what we're looking at as teachers is to our role in this eternal destiny program that we set last week. And we found that faith is basically a revelation of our eternal destiny. We know where we are going, what God's plan is, and our part that we have in it in the future. It's not so much present tense. It's what is promised us and what we look forward to by faith that is promised to come. So that's what we're looking at this morning. And we're looking at the squeeze and how... It will take place. It is kind of boring teaching, but it is found factual, and we want to look at that this morning. Now, a lot of the young people that will listen has never been taught these lessons, but the old ones has gone over it several times. So what we look at, the word squeeze that is used so much in the message is not in the Bible. The word squeeze is not in the Bible in reference to what we're looking at, but the word persecution is in Scripture, and basically persecution follows all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And like you're saying, it's the war between the two vines. Cain and Abel started, and we've been doing it ever since all the way to the day. So the word persecution uh, is fought in the Bible, and we find that the prophet uses this word persecution in reference to certain Scriptures. And he also used, like we said last week, the word squeeze one time. And that's where all the message people usually major on because he left the insight there that we would do a great thing or a great move of God right before the rapture. In other words, we would have the power of the spoken word 
So everybody's looking for the squeeze so we can be magnified in this great power and have this great uh, supernatural move of God. So they're majoring more on the power than they are the squeeze. So we read it last week, and I'll read it quickly, not spend all of our time on it. So Brother Brown is speaking now of the third pull. He said, I'm going to say this to you, and that I haven't said for all along, and that is the thing that we have been looking forward for for so long, the past many years, four or five years, or maybe longer. Now, that's the third pull. He said, the third pull has now been vindicated, and I'm sure you know what it is. And that's the squirrel, the storm, the tumor, and basically the creation of the squirrels. Watch. Uh, there'll never be an impersonation of that because it can't be. See? Now, it's in existence. I am warned of this, that right now at this time, that it's just happened so it could identify its presence among you. See, but it will not be used. Now, he's going to tell you, it is here. He has identified it in his ministry. Speaking the world, created word by the spoken word. He said, now, it won't be used in a great way until the council of churches begins to tighten up. All right, now, there it tells you what we are to look for. The council of churches to tighten up. First and foremost, what is the Council of Churches? It is an organization and a union of all Protestant churches united and joined into it as a union or a form of an organization oversees all the Protestant churches and what they believe in, qualifications and all that that we'd have to look into to see their laws and bylaws. But it is a, a union of Protestant churches in contrast to the Vatican in its hierarchy. So you've got uh, Catholicism and Protestantism the two beasts of Revelation 13 to 17 with their union or their headquarters and one against the other are withstanding each other in their doctrines. Now, so we won't find anything until this council of churches begins to tighten up. And when it does, notice the Pentecostals and so forth can almost impersonate anything that can be done. He's speaking of the spiritual gifts, laying on their hands, healing miracles, faith, those things like that. But he said in full force, but watch, they cannot impersonate this. But when that time comes, when the council of churches begins to tighten up, when that time comes, when the squeeze comes down, the tightening of the council of the churches comes, then uh, you'll see what you have seen temporarily, that is in this ministry, the third pull. And remember, the third pull was also the opening of the word to bring us a revelation to restore our teaching back to the original understanding. Then you'll see temporarily be manifested in the fullness of his power. In other words, the spoken word is here, identified. But he's going to be pulled off of the scene, just like Elijah, Joshua, those leaders pulled off the scene. And there'll be a time of teaching, which we followed that. Teaching of who we are in Christ and what we are in Christ. And when you know who you are and what you are, you'll do the greater works. Bringing us to this manifestation of the third pull, which is a spoken word, which I believe now. That it will not be demonstrated in a bright and a mighty way, us, but it will be demonstrated by the two prophets to Israel after this mark comes in, which will be the spoken word by two prophets, which is the third pull manifested worldwide through those two men to fulfill what he has said. If it is a portion of the bride, so be it. I don't understand him teaching that, but many do, so that's what we're looking at. So he said the time now to look for is when the council of churches begins to tighten up. There is where the squeeze will come from. People want to know, is this the squeeze? Is this the mark of the beast? We can't buy or sell whatever more. 
uh, the, the squeeze has to speak to a spiritual persecution period. The squeeze is a spiritual persecution and has always been over doctrine. The two major doctrines that the church world went into that you find where the uh, Catholic Church went into politics and the persecuted, which was the Christians at that time, began to become the persecutors. And we have on record where they killed 86 million plus so-and-so and so-and-so. In other words, the Christian church become the persecutors and they, by the uh, political power, become the ones that enforced it. Their enforcement was the doctrine, which we always studied. Now, seeing Council, 325 A.D., the two major doctrines was water baptism and Godhead. For I believe there are, those are the two non-negotiable doctrines for salvation. Brother Bram said, if you don't have your Godhead doctrine right, you won't have any doctrine right, and you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your remission of sins or you, to receive the gift of faith or the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Now, so the spiritual persecution that we're speaking of is a spiritual persecution, and it will come through economics, will give it the power, but the power will, and persecution will come through the church. So let's look at this first. Second Thessalonians. We're going to show that persecution has been here and always will be here until the end. In Second Thessalonians, which first and Thessalonians, first and second Thessalonians speaks of the rapture and the conditions that will proceed and follow the rapture or in the time of the rapture. So in Second Thessalonians one, we will read from there. Paul and Silvanus and Timothus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've been over that over and over and over. It was so important that almost every writer stresses the importance of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in every letter. Watch. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. In other words, there is a unity, there is a bond, and there is a love that they had here in the time of persecution. And you will find that persecution will restore and bring back that bond and oneness and unity before the rapture. That is the purpose or why the squeeze is to bring the church back to a oneness, a bond, a togetherness, and a oneness in the Word of God. So watch. So verse 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So if you do not suffer for him, you will not reign with him. Verse 6, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Now pay close attention to that because now we're speaking of this hour. I didn't put the rest of the chapter in, which absolutely speaks of the perusia, the coming of the Lord, the seven angels, all that. But he said, now, and to you who are troubled. Now, this is present tense. We're speaking to them then uh, and to us now. Rest with us. They had a revelation there in the time of trouble that gave them a rest. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, which we look at that as the cloud, and the opening of the seven seals, which was the coming of the judge. So he's told us under the seventh seal, 
is to be a rest. We are to rest under the seventh seal. And the only thing that causes one to rest in time of trouble is revelation. That's the reason why we spent time last week speaking on faith, passive faith, and active faith, which passive faith is going to bring forth active faith. The squeeze is to manifest and bring forth active faith that the teaching season has ground in us by doctrine. So therefore it's in us. So when the trouble comes, it squeezes out the Word of God from us and manifests that which is within us. So what we're seeing is that the squeeze will bring forth active faith that we have been taught the passive faith through these 25 or 30 years. We note here that it says that tribulations are, going, are not going to cease. Tribulation is going to continue. It just tells us at the time of the presence, the perusia of Christ, in rapture season, that the bride will go into a state of relaxation concerning the trouble. Most of us hadn't been upset about the trouble. When it went, people got this and that, calling, is this the rapture, is this the mark of the beast, is it over? I, had, I was perfectly still, wasn't put up, wasn't put down, wasn't shook, whatever more. But you wonder, what do you tell the people? And it was completely, basically calm at this time. And the reason why is, this is not what they're looking for. And the only thing that helped you uh, stay at peace was understanding doctrine. Understanding what we have been taught, so we're not alarmed, and so we're aware when these things come, they're only a part of the training, only a part of the schooling, only a part of the adoption to bring us and prepare us with the whole armor of God to feed, uh, to match, and to be fit for this time of trouble. So when we started last week on the why the squeeze, we seen, as I said before, that we seen that a revelation from under the seventh seal that we call a shout. Of the archangel, the voice of God, and the trump of God, that the Lord was to descend from heaven with a shout, which is a revelation. The message is a revelation. It is a direct revelation to you from Almighty God. And basically we call it passive faith because it is only a correction of teaching. People want to look at Brother Brown's active ministry, which is vindication. Vindication and the miracle is only to give you confidence that what he told you from the scripture is the truth. To ground your passive faith. Abraham exercised passive faith and was basically changed and actually went to possess the city. So our passive faith, or what I call doctrine, is the foundation of every son and daughter of God. They must be grounded in the truth. So we're promised that in this hour that the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a revelation, a shout, which is a passive faith, or what we call, Brother Bam called it, the revealed word, the mighty God unveiled. What did it do? It corrected the error of doctrine by an angel that was actually giving us a true interpretation of Scripture that has deceived and controlled the church for seven church ages all the way back to the days of the Apostle Paul is where the spirit of iniquity began to work. Now, we know by history that the persecuted, as I said before, mixed with politics, became the prosecutor 
our persecutor, and recorded 86 million martyrs killed, plus millions and millions of people uh, persecuted, maybe not unto death. There is now going to be, we know, in the Scripture, a great tribulation. The misteaching on that is some teach it seven years. Some teach the rapture before tribulation. Some teach it in the middle of the seven years. Some preachers teach that it is not coming at all. We understand by the prophet that it is basically the rapture is before the great tribulation, which is absolutely 1,260 days. Uh, you got a handkerchief. 1,260 days are three and one half years. Richard, you want to? I've got one. Here it is. Sorry. And don't think too harsh, devil. When you get 80, you'll have these problems too. You've got to give a little credit for old age. Wait a minute. So we understand that basically there will be tribulations and persecutions, but we will not go through the great tribulation, which we'll give you the scripture in First Thessalonians here in a few minutes. Now, so Paul speaks of persecutions and trials. And in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 27, we will read uh, Paul's persecutions that he actually went through. Watch. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measures, in prison more often, in death often. Now the question is, who brought that on the Apostle Paul? Well, the Jews brought it on the Apostle Paul. The church actually brought it on to the Apostle Paul. Verse 24, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. What is that, about 195 stripes? You have to multiply it out. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a day and a night I have spent in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of heathen, perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. I would think the false brethren would be the worst, really. So that now speaks of some of the things that he went through by the hands of man. And finally, he was persecuted unto death, the same as the Apostle Paul. So we see where this persecution comes from in Revelation 2, verses 8 to 11. This persecution is going to come out of America, and it's going to come from the church. In Revelation 2, 8, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Now this is the age of the first and the last. He said, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now we know the synagogue of Satan has moved to Rome, which Brother Branham said was basically the synagogue of Satan in this hour. Verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. But you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So we see the bride is always persecuted, and it has not changed, and it will not change until the millennium sets in. Now, though we are persecuted or squeezed, we will not go through the great tribulation. We'll look at that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 9. Where Paul said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say, shall say peace and safety, then cometh just sudden destruction upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 
But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. And now watch verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That is the tribulation. That's not just persecution now. This is the great tribulation, or the wrath of God, or the wrath of the Lamb, or which comes under the sixth seal, and we'll get to that if the Lord permits. What? But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So now he tells you right there that we will escape the great tribulation. So we should have no fear of the great tribulation. But what will put us in the rapture is basically what we call the squeeze. So now, who will absolutely be forcing this squeeze that we're looking for? What is the squeeze all about? And what brings this event into manifestation? We know number one, the last one first. What will bring it into manifestation is the American deficit. The economy will do it. And that's what this uh, whole, whole thing about the dollars. And they print more and more money more and more. It's only setting up for this event to come. I actually believe that Trump will be the last president. Unless he is not voted in this time. And they put Hillary in there as a replacement for Biden. Whatever more if he do. Then it won't last very much longer. But if he, Trump will re-wins election. He will probably be the last American president that we have. So watch now. Why would we believe in a rapture? See, why do we believe? Why is there to be a squeeze? Well, because, number one, simply put, the Scripture tells us it's going to come. Every word will be fulfilled. It's what we've preached all along. So the Scripture plainly tells us that there will be a squeeze and exactly where it will come from, what it will be involved, and that we will not be blind or dumb or ignorant of this thing in this season. But the problem that and the prophet had worry of is that we get lax in it, float along, forget it, and be caught into it before we are aware of it and will not have the revelation or the foundation of the doctrine to face the event when the time comes. Now, why will we believe in a rapture? Because it's in the Scriptures. We believe 1 Thessalonians 4.16 teaches us that before the tribulation, he will catch us out of here. Those that are asleep shall be, uh, rise, and those that are living shall be changed. So we believe in a rapture because of the Scripture. Now, so this time spent on the statement that we looked at in Look Away to Jesus, that I found most message preachers preach on it and spend more time on it than anything else, is the little statement where Brother Branham said, uh, what you've seen temporarily would be manifested in its fullness. And all of them now is looking for the third pull to come into manifestation in us, the believer. And by this third pull, we will have the power to do whatever to be able to go in a resurrection and a rapture. The passive teaching, teaching places you in a state, in a condition, ready for the rapture. You need no other than the doctrine and revelation of the hour for the rapture. The third pull, as I said before, I believe that the prophet taught will be absolutely the teaching ministry of the third pull will be what takes us in a rapture. The manifestation of the third pull, the spoken word, will be basically to the, uh, the Jews under two prophets. So that is my opinion. If that's not true, well, then we'll, be, we'll get both of them as it comes along. So Brother Brown basically taught his whole teaching from 1954 to 1965 on one subject, and that is the religious persecution. And he got his teaching out of Revelation chapter 13, which we will just read that chapter to see what he is talking about. In Revelation 13, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, 
And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven horns and se- seven heads and ten horns. And up his, his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon came, gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, we know that's the teaching of the kingdoms, and Brother Brown went through it, and Daniel, we won't take time, but watch. And I saw one of, the, of his heads, as it were, wounded by death, to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. Now, we know that's Rome, and we know that it was wounded unto death, but it was raised up again as the papal Rome, or what we call Catholicism. Verse 4, and they worship the dragon, which is always Rome now, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now, you'd have to go back to Daniel to pick up all that prophecy. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And that's his doctrines. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Now, we're looking at the tribulation period there. And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. And them that dwell in heaven. So he's totally against the word believing Christians. Watch now. Verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindred and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Whose names are not written in the book of life. Of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Now we understand those teachings. And you spend a lot of time on the symbolism. But we're looking at basically the kingdoms coming down into the Roman Empire. All the way down to this end time. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. Watch. And I beheld another beast. Coming up out of the earth. Now he's talking about America. And he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. Remember dragon is always Rome. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. Now this is America. And causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. Which is Rome. Whose deadly wound was healed. That's Catholicism. Watch. Verse 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth inside of men. That is the, our use of the atomic bomb. And that miracle of the atomic bomb is what kept all the nations in fear and under control to the present time. We still have that miracle of the atomic bomb. Watch now. Verse 14. Now this beast that comes up, which is America, will deceive them that dwell on the earth. By the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. He will use our armed forces to bring nations under control. To absolutely in the end to worship the first beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth. That they should make an image of to the beast. That's Protestant denominationalism. Which had the wound by a sword and did live. So you see Protestantism and Catholicism are represented as the two beasts. One in Revelation 13. One in Revelation 17. And basically, watch, and he, had, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, that's denominationalism. 
Now, this is what we're looking for as setting up now. And I believe that the crisis and what we're going on through the viruses and this will continue. We'll probably have another run of this in the fall and winter. This is not the first thing, but the economy is going to get to the place that people will accept these, uh, these rights or these rules that are set in. Watch now. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now remember, this is a religious persecution. This is speaking of a denomination. The Protestant organized church will gain a power that they will force you to take and become a denomination which will come under the teaching of the Trinitarian doctrine, water baptism, and the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the Trinity as three persons, one God, or you will not have a right to open and preach. You say, oh, it's all right now. We do that now. But it's coming to an end. Watch. That no man, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now, we may not get to that part because of the rapture, but we will be in the squeeze pressing us to that mark that after the rapture, this maybe will go into effect politically, economically, and in the religious realm. We may not see this part here, but this part by ourselves to us is speaking of being able to preach the gospel, buy me gold, try it in the fire, praying for the sick, ministering to people. This right is fixing to be taken from us once and for all. Watch now. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three sore and six, which is, that's the vicarious fill out. We went through it through the years. On the title of vicarious fill out, you put the Roman numerals on it. It comes out to six hundred and sixty-six. Now watch. So I'm going to read some uh, uh, quotes here pertaining to this subject, and you'll see very clearly where Brother Branham is bringing us and pointing us many years in the making, and he teaches us that this religious persecution is, uh, is going to be spiritual. I want to go back to the back first and read first. I believe one of these glorious days when this united confederation of churches goes together, watch, and the new pope is brought out of the United States and put over there according to prophecy. The prophecy he is looking at is Revelation chapter 13. And then they'll form an image like unto the beast, which will be a, a union of churches, both the council of churches, Protestant, and the Vatican, basically Rome, will come together and make a confederation or an image to the first beast, which is Rome. Watch that. And I tell you, the true church of God will be drove together. So why is the squeeze necessary? Because we're so separated that we cannot come into the rapture and the re resurrection and the rapture. We will have to be drove together for this event. And this event is designed to do that. It's to squeeze out of us the passive faith that we have passively listened to for the last 25 to 30 years. Indoctrinated in us. Listening, listening, listening. But it's in there. It is there. That revelation is there. You say, well, I can't remember nothing. But when the anointing comes, you will remember practically everything that you've been taught that will be necessary to meet the challenge of the hour he'll put in your mouth what to say. Watch. The real true believers 
out of the Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Nazarene, Pilgrim, Hogus, whatever they will be, will go together. All right. The message of the hour has already brought all of those together. He's not talking about now at the end, all these Baptists, Catholics, and everything is going to get together with us. He's already had a message to call out of them, come out of her, my people. So the, all of these have been called out of all these churches, and now we call the bride are this group of people that consist of wise and foolish virgins. That has already happened. Watch. Whatever they'll be will go together and cemented by the love of God. They'll make the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the believers, agnostics and shallow-minded, will be cast to one side. They'll go right on into the confederation of churches. Now, that, I believe, is united Jesus only, united Pentecostals, and all those that claim that they believe the Pentecost, they will be forced to go right on into the system. Now, watch. He says here, but in Revelation 13, what I want to do is pick up the quotes. Brother Bram interprets his understanding of the scriptures of Revelation chapter 13. But in Revelation 13, when this lamb came up, he came up out of the earth, no people, United States. But then after he had two little horns, civil and ecclesiastical powers, and then he received power and spoke like the dragon did before him. Now that's Rome. So you just got to mark it down now. We are, going, we are coming into a religious persecution. So remember now, it is a religious persecution that is the key to what we call the squeeze, resurrection, and rapture. A religious persecution with the same things that they did in pagan Rome many years ago, which they killed millions and millions of people because they would not submit to the doctrine of the Trinity and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone baptized in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the facts of our faith is, according to the Catholic Church, a Catholic. You're just away from mother. Amen. So there's a lot of harlots out here that's just basically like children, getting hard to get along with, but they will come home to mama. So the words, for it's thus saith the Lord, it will be, watch it, setting up on a beast a power. Now, that's 1958. Brother Bram said the spoken word is the original seed. I believe someday the real bride of Christ will be forced to stop preaching the word of God. The Bible prophesies of it in Revelation 13, 16. All right, let's see what 13, 16 is. 13, 16 says, And he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that they may not buy or sell or say that he that has the number. Watch. I believe someday the bride of Christ will be forced to stop preaching the word. The Bible prophesies of it in Revelation 13, 16, if you want to put that down. Denominations will force it to stop or take its mark. What he's telling me is that we will be forced to become a part of a denominational system, which will either be a union, a law passed, or an enforcement, or a quarantine, or whatever the purpose of it is for, or we will be forced to stop, our denomination will force it to stop, or take its mark. Now, that's what you're looking at. People say, well, praise God that we are not in there. We ain't got nothing to worry about. I can go do my own thing and wait till that shows up, then I'll get in. The teaching, when the teaching season is past, and this event to me is telling me that we're moving into another cycle where the teaching season is past, now what we've been 
taught as a passive faith must come into an active faith. Let me just follow me. What we have been taught as doctrine will come into an active faith, an active confession of what we believe. In other words, the Spirit will cause us to apply it and to live out that balanced life between legalism and conduct and what are more grace and legalism is how they normally turn. But we will have a balanced life that will know how to live and will be at rest in this time of trouble because we have a foundational understanding of doctrine to know who we are and what we are in Christ. Denomination will force it to stop or take its mark. Then is when the Lamb will take his bride and judge the whore for this. That's the great tribulation. Little flock, do not fear. Now, every time that the Bible said do not fear, there's always trouble coming. <laughs> this age is fast closing. As it does, those tares will be bound together. Now, I could preach the sermon on that. What does it go to? It goes to shuck. Then it goes to uh, leaves out here. Then it finally goes to dries out and becomes tares. So now then you're to tares and then you're to wheat. So as the, those tares will be bound together... And as a threefold cord is not easily broken, they will have a tremendous threefold strength of political, physical, that's your economy, buying, selling, eating, drinking, clothing, wearing, whatever more, and spiritual, satanical power. And they will seek to destroy the bride of Christ. She will suffer, but she will endure. Fear not those things that are coming upon the earth. For he who loveth his own loveth them unto the end, according to John 13 and 1. That's the exposition of church ages. Now, here's a little excerpt from when Brother Brown, I'm thinking words, spoken words, his original seeds in the church age book where he said, the Lord's told me to pick up my pen and write a word to the church, and this is a part of it. Moses and Elijah, withdrawing from the people into seclusion, left many confused. Now, when Brother Bam was called off the scene, the church was basically at a standstill. They didn't know why it was. They thought he was going to take them to the rapture on and on and gone. He said they did not realize that it was because their messages had been rejected. You saw Brother Brown's message was not rejected. It was. The church world systems rejected Brother Branham's ministry, especially his teaching. They did not realize that it was because their message had been rejected. But the seed had been sown. That's your doctrine now. The planning was over. Judgment was next. So I said we've went through a season now of latter rain, which is teaching rain. Passive faith. You hear. You understand. You put the picture together until you're absolutely sealed in by the revelation that's given to you by Almighty God. Watch. They had served their purpose as a sign to the people. So judgment was next. You say, well, that's been 40-something years, and where, where's the judgment? The judgment has been going on every since, step by step by step. Watch. I believe according to Revelation 13, 16, he goes right back to that, where you cannot buy or sell, save either had the mark. Watch. I believe according to Revelation 13, 16, that the bride will have to stop preaching, for the beast is demanding the mark in the hand or forehead, if permission to preach be granted. Brother Branham's main concern was not buying and selling. It was preaching the word, the true doctrine of his message. That was where the point was drawn. 
was when the church will stop true doctrine. Now, we've had our measure of it because you understand the way that we make our stand on the Godhead, the perusal or the presence of God, the seals, the understanding, water baptism, as we've been taught, passive faith that we've looked at for years and years, has been scolded on, preached against, called false, and everything else. But we're patiently waiting for that which is in ground in us. It's the only thing that will hold us when this squeeze begins to tighten up. And it all has to do with the Word of God. Denominations will take the mark or be forced to quit preaching. Now, we know that denominations already took the mark, which is organized religion. But they, what denomination will take the mark. They will be forced to join the World Council of Churches, of which they're already represented in two, to continue their tax-based structure, no taxes, this and whatever more. So they won't think that they're making any change at all. They're already organizations. I'm a First Baptist, Second Baptist, Catholic Methodist. They're already organization or private denomination. But they'll be forced through the Council of Churches to become one great group of organized churches of which we cannot be a part of or will not be a part of. Denomination will take the mark, which is that union of churches, which is organized religion, or be forced to quit preaching. Then the Lamb will come for His bride and judge the great whore. So therefore you can look where we can almost understand within a period of weeks or a few months, exactly when the resurrection and rapture is going to take place. 1955, Brother Brown said, And great persecution will tear down all the differences and run us together as one person. Why the squeeze? Because we must become one. We got destroyed and scattered. And you said just like the Indians here, we got scattered. That's the reason they was overtook. So we, we've got to be driven together as one people. He said, now we'll tear down all the differences and run us together as one person. No one man will ever be able to do it. So that took out Brother Banner's ministry or any one man job or any one pope will do it either one. See, that, he said, that's God himself will do that. In other words, God is here. He come down to do what? To bring us into a unity of one body of believers with him as the head. And he is the word. Watch now. I will be so happy for that, won't you, when it's all over. And I can agree with him at this time. Watch now. Now, this is a long We won't read too many and we'll close. Watch. There is coming a time upon this nation to where this nation is going to exercise all the power that the beast had before it, which was pagan Rome when it became papal Rome. See, that this nation will do that. Now, we would not think after being a nation of freedom, fought war, civil war, and everything else, that we would become the nation that would persecute everyone and make them bow down to Catholicism or religion. But this is what his interpretation of the Scriptures is. That this nation will do that. Revelation 13 plainly explains it. He tells you exactly where he's getting his understanding of this time. The Lamb come upon, up out of the earth. The other beasts come up out of the water, which is Revelation 17, which is Rome. Thickness and multitudes of people. This lamb come up where uh, there were no people. A lamb represents a religion. The lamb of God, and remember it spoke like a lamb. It was a lamb. And after a while, it will receive power and spoke like a dragon and exercise all the power the dragon had before him. And the dragon is Rome. Always 
So don't you see Roman denomination, a mark, Catholicism, the mark of the beast of Revelation 17 is organized religion. That's the mark. Protestant denomination is an image unto the beast. Making a power that'll force all Protestants like a union. You'll have to be in the council of churches or you won't be able to have fellowship. Or you can't go to a church and preach unless you have a fellowship card or some identification to do so. Now, on persons like ourselves, we are going to be cut out of that all. That's exactly because they won't be able to do it. In other words, we, speaking of independence, won't be able to do it. It's tightening now. And then when that time comes, that's the squeeze that we talked about, everybody talks about. When that time comes, and the press, which he calls the squeeze in 64, comes to a place to where you're pressed out, then watch what I'm fixing to tell you now. So here he ties the thought back again that he's pointing you to the time when the church squeeze comes on. And everybody will be aware of it. It won't be something secret. You'll all know it. He said, then at that time, watch what I'm fixing to tell you. Watch the third pull then. Which the third pull is a spoken word. Which a part of the third pull, which was in three folds. The first part was the teaching. That moved to a revelation. That moves to manifestation or what we call the spoken word for resurrection. And the rapture. We have went through the teaching part. We're in the revelation part. The passive part. The revelation now has got to become active faith. Which will be a confession. It's not running up down the aisle. It's not passing track. It is what comes out of your mouth. That is your works. That tells what you believe. He said, what's the third pull then? Which will be the spoken word. Your confession. What comes out of your mouth. And it will be absolutely to the totally lost. But it will be for the bride and the church, which is the foolish virgins. So it sounds like there will come a confession or a manifestation of one measure that will absolutely alarm or alert the foolish virgins in this message that has preached conduct all these years that will make them aware that their teaching is an error to a degree, but they will not have time to correct it. And they will move right into the tribulation. But those that had sat under the teaching reign, the passive faith, the perusal, the teaching, the Godhead, you've got your foundation right, will move right into spoken word, right into manifestation, resurrection, and basically be caught on the other side in the kingdom. Let's look away to Jesus in 1963. Watch. In 64, Brother Brown said, Now why did the Indians lose this country to the white people? He's talking about the squeeze, us losing our position and our whole watch. It's because they were divided among themselves. Now he's given us a lesson to why that our third pull, our message, has not had any power in the world up to this time. How, he said, is because they were divided among themselves. How are we going to lose this great race? In other words, we're going to lose this great race because. He said, how are we going to lose this great race? Is because we're divided. We said, well, we're in a message. How come this? Everybody believes. They don't believe the same. 
They were divided. You can't hardly get two churches together to even have a weenie roast. We're divided. And what divides church from church to church to church? Individual opinions or doctrine. How we understand the message. He said, now, how are we going to do it? We've got to stay together. We're all believers in God. The Holy Ghost takes us all in. Watch, it will be a paradox if God ever gets us together. But He will. Just trust Him. He knows how to send the persecution that will run us together. So the squeeze, the persecution, the tightening up by the World Council of Churches will force that true bride together in oneness, which will be a confession, a revelation from around the world. There will be small groups here that will have the same confession, same revelation of Godhead, water baptism, seals, election, sovereignty, right down the line as far as doctrine is concerned. That will be what will draw us together. So you're looking at two things. Why the squeeze? To bring the oneness and the headship of the Word of God. And two, the squeeze will come by Rome, the World Council of Churches, and force us into denomination. Now, I've got quote after quote after quote that will not absolutely add anything to what I've said. So we'll have a music this morning close. That was easier to preach with a few because I wouldn't have to look at everybody wondering what was going on. So if you want to look at the rest of it, you can go to the exposition of the seven church age, the Pergamon church age. He tells you there, there will be uh, three, and I'll read this while they're coming. He said, now watch. Ahab was set over the presidential chair with a Jezebel behind him to direct him. Now that was Kennedy, an American. We already know that's fulfilled. It is at such time as this that this messenger Malachi 4 must come. Then in the latter rain will come a Mount Carmel showdown. The latter rain is the teaching rain. Watch now. Or, or the manifestation, which was Brother Bannon was here, and the latter rain was the manifestation. Teaching rain is the other. Watch this carefully now to see it in the Word. John was the forerunner of Malachi 3. He planted the former rain and was rejected by the organization of his day. Jesus came and had a Mount Transfiguration showdown. The second forerunner of Christ was so for the latter rain. Jesus will, will be the showdown because between the denomination creeds, for he will come back to back up his word and take his bride in the rapture. What will be our showdown? He said, watch. The second, uh, the second forerunner of Christ will sow for the latter rain, which will be the sow for the latter rain. is basically the teaching rain, which that's what we've been through. Jesus will be the showdown. The revelation of the Godhead. Who is Jesus? Who is the Father? Who is the Son? Water baptism in his name. Between the denominations and creeds. For he will come back. He will come to back up his word. And take his bride in the rapture. Now that's the manifestation. That comes out of the teaching reign. The first showdown was Mount Carmel. The second was Mount Transfiguration. And the third will be Mount Zion. Which is basically the rapture. The strange behavior of Moses and Elijah and John. Withdrawn from the people. Into seclusion. I read that. Left him in confusion. It was because their message was rejected. It is coming a time of the tightening up of the World Council of Churches. When you see that begin to come, and it will be world known, it won't be in the mystery, then you'll know, the bride will know, by the teaching of doctrine, by a prophet, that will be the season, that will be the time the anointing will come. That's when the passive faith moves into active faith, and I believe that's what is going on now. I believe now the teaching reign is over or ending.
And that revelation is fixed. Now it comes a manifestation of the active faith in the bride of Christ. Amen. So that's the squeeze to me. That's the mark of the beast. And if you look up the quotes, Brother Brown clearly teaches you that's what it is. What are we going to say? It's going to be worth it all. And surely it is worth it all. Amen. That was short, sweet, and how many like that? Amen. I kind of enjoyed that after a little while. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all. It's gonna be worth it all.